Hey, let's join together in prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that we would uh, really believe what we just sang and heard, uh, that you can make all things new. Uh, so that means when there are people in here that have uh, uh, a past that uh, they're ashamed of uh, or, or walk in a present uh, that they're ashamed of, that you can make us new uh, in a moment, today. Uh, and that's not, just, uh, that's not just as a group or in general, that's individually. That's what your word says. That's what we're going to read. Pray we hear that and we'll block out voices either of the world or of sin or of the enemy uh, that say you can't be new, uh, you're not good enough, and we would hear your word that is truth uh, that you can do so uh, in a moment. Thank you for that truth. Thank you for your gospel. Thank you for all that you've done for us in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Go ahead and have a seat. As we... uh, uh, so we look today and, and take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians, towards the end of your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll pick up in verse 16. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to grab one at the back table. You're welcome to take it home with you. So 2 Corinthians 5. Before I get into that, uh, let me also uh, share with you that, that our theme as a church for this year, our theme is Rise with God, as in we want to help you grow your relationship, your walk uh, with God. And that's going to be our theme from, from January to December. Uh, now this month, though, we are taking a very specific focus, and we're calling it uh, a month of prayer. And we're going to open this year with praying for specific uh, things. Uh, the first week, so we want to pray for this church, this local church, uh, Bellwether. And today, uh, we're looking at a prayer for uh, reconciliation. Uh, reconciliation. Uh, you may not necessarily know what that word means. Uh, you may know, uh, and you may be saying, man, you're, you're stepping into dangerous territory here, uh, which a lot of reconciliation uh, means to uh, be made right, and there can be a lot of conflict. So we're really going to be talking about conflict between people today. You know what, what I find interesting is, is 95%, I, I would, I'd guess, or bet, I'm not a bet man, but 95% uh, of all prayer requests uh, are either about uh, sickness, suffering, uh, or shambles. Like your life is in shambles, or you're sick, or you're suffering. I mean, it's all like the, you know, the bad stuff. It's easy to say, well, you know, so-and-so you know, has cancer, which is horrible and tough, and we pray for that. Or, you know, so-and-so, you know, you know family member, you know, died, and that's horrible. And, and we, we are just so open about the sick and the suffering. Uh, and, then, and then also you'll say, hey, pray for this guy. He's really going through a tough time, you know, maybe financially, maybe with a job, blah, blah, blah. So, so we're very open about that. But there are some things uh, in our prayer life that we're not open about, and there's some things that we don't even do uh, in our prayer life that we should. Now, what are you talking about? I thought prayer was just, you know, personal request, you know, to God. Well, they are requests, uh, but prayer is so much more. Prayer should be, because we see it in Scripture, adoration. As in, like, you know, you pray and you're like, you know, God, I, I love you so much. 
thank you for all that you've done for me. I mean, you adore, you worship God. We need to have some adoration in our prayer. Uh, we need to have some confession in our prayer. Uh, it's, all, it's not all about what we need or want. It's, it's really about, you know, how uh, bad we have been. And that doesn't mean, you know, the, uh, you know, the sins of like, I don't know, theft or pride or greed or lust or whatever. It means like, hey, God, I'm, I'm just relying on myself too much. That's what I'm talking about. You know, you, you're not in my life. So there's confession, there's repentance. I like to say it, repentance leads to revival. Because repentance is, is only just saying, God, I need you. I need you in blankety-blank, this area of my life. And God will fill that space. Repentance leads to re- revival. And prayer should also be about, what I just said, reconciliation. Reconciliation meaning that something broken uh, is made right to be uh, reconciled. And the deal is, uh, all of us really, or many of us, don't want to pray uh, to be reconciled with other people, which I find just fascinating. You're like, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, if someone's in conflict with someone else, and I encourage, man, why don't you pray for that person or pray to be reconciled? Well, yeah, man, that's, that's really tough. It's, it's really hard. Why is it? Well, I don't know. I just, you know, it's almost like you don't want to, to be reconciled. You don't want to go through the hard work of, of saying, hey, can, can, can we talk? Uh, can we be healed? It's almost like we want, you want to hold on to the bitterness, and hold on to, to the anger and just say, yeah, I'll just keep it. I'd rather keep that in my heart uh, than, than pray that God would heal a relationship. Which is crazy, but it's what I've done. And it may be what you've done. We have that prize like, yeah, I just want to just keep all this bitterness. You know, just keep it in my heart. It's so good for me. It's so good for us. Really. So we need to pray for reconciliation. One of uh, our mentors... Actually, actually, the wife of a pastor uh, that mentored uh, Linda and I, she told me one time, she said, if, if you have trouble with another person, if you're in conflict, start praying for that person. Like, pray over that person's life. And she said, uh, you know, you can't, you know, continue to pray for that person and have hard feelings, bitter feelings towards them. It's just, it's just not possible. If, if prayer is, you know, what the Bible says it is, you know, communication with God, growing that relationship with God, and you are using that time to pray over a person, I mean, God's going to bring healing in your heart. It's, he just will. And so I've actually had moments of prayer and thought about people I was in conflict with, and the Lord has challenged me, like in the prayer times, like, pray for them, pray for them. And, it, you know, point A was like, no, I don't want to. I'm not going to. And I'll just, hey, God, you know, you know, help my day or, you know, help my kids do good or help so-and-so, you know, heal her or him, but no, we'll leave them alone. So point B was, okay, I'm going to pray for them. Uh, God bless them. And it's always like God heal their heart, you know. God make them see the error of their ways. You know, God really, I mean, they need your forgiveness. You know, please pour it out over them. You know, that, that's step B, okay. Uh, and then step C is, you know, God, you know, heal my heart. You know, I pray for them. Step D is the toughest, okay? Step D, then God says, no, pray that I will bless them. No, not going there. It's like, bless their life, you know? It's like, let everything be good for them. Like, no, no, they, they need to know, you know? <laughs> they need to know. And uh, God, but God has literally said this in my prayer life. And he has led me to a place to understand that, yeah, you know, if they're blessed, that may be the healing 
that they need, and you know, God may reveal something you know, to them through it. So, but anyway, it is, it is challenging. That's why I want to talk about reconciliation. So enough from me. Here is God's word. 2 Corinthians 5, starting with uh, verse 16. It's Paul writing to church in Corinth. He says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me give you a brief context on uh, this passage. Again, Paul writing to a church in Corinth. And this church in Corinth, uh, it was a very, very diverse church. And it was like full of sin. Now, all churches are full of sin. But this church was full of like explicit sin. Corinth was a port city. Uh, so you had a lot of sailors coming in and out. And uh, sailors do what they do. No offense to any Navy. I mean, I love sailors. I wish I could be a sailor. But you know the old story about sailors in town and all that. So there was a lot of explicit sin, like, you know, gambling, debauchery, sex, prostitution. And thank God all these people were coming to Christ and started filling uh, this church in Corinth. And the Christians that were there were like, man, you know, these sinners that are coming in, well, she used to be a prostitute. Maybe she was a prostitute last night. Now she's worshiping. Or there were also a lot of different races in Corinth because it was a port city. So you had Jewish folk, you had Greek folk, uh, you had Romans, uh, you had Africans coming up. So you had like just a melting pot of explicit sin, uh, explicit races, cultures, just all coming together. In a church. So, in one sense, Corinth was an awesome church, but I've also had uh, and heard other pastors say, you know, if you want to feel good about your church, just read First and Second Corinthians. Because a lot of stuff uh, was going down uh, in Corinth. So, Paul is writing about this importance of reconciliation uh, across uh, diverse people, and that would mean everybody, because we're all different, and how important that is, especially. In the church, and he's really giving us—I don't know if you really got the scripture—but he, he's giving a playbook here, like you know, football playbook, a playbook of how to do this. So I want to—I want to flesh that out. And I want to talk about kind of three types of people that we need to work or pray for reconciliation with. Okay, uh, the first type would would just generally be uh, other Christians uh, in other churches, uh, other Christians in other churches. Uh, you're like, well, I, why are you saying that? I mean, I don't. We're Christians, and they're other churches, but you know, don't necessarily have a, have a problem with them. Well, let's think about that. Um, you know, when you're saved, I, I think, and I've seen, that everybody's like, man, I'm saved. Jesus, you know, everybody, family of God. I'm in this big family. You know, everybody together, all for one, one for all. We love each other. You know, hooray, kumbaya. And then we grow, and as we grow, we, we become, there's this, 
philosophy I think people will get. I, I've gotten it. It's called right Christian, wrong Christian that we fall into. Right Christian, wrong Christian. We're the right type Christian. Uh, I mean, obviously, we worship the right way. Uh, we, we study the Bible the right way and, and read the right commentaries. Um, we, you know, do church uh, the right way. Uh, we go on the right uh, mission trips. And, and often, uh, the, these other believers, um, they're like really a wrong Christian. I mean, they just don't, they haven't realized it yet. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I don't know what you're saying. Well, let's just give you an example. Well, those, those, those guys, gals, they, they believe in predestination. And so, you know, they're probably really going to hell. They just don't know it yet. I mean, we love them and all. They're not, I, I'm, that, that's not necessarily what I believe. But I'm just saying some people would say, that, you know, kind of wrong, wrong Christian. Or, oh, wow, they, they do infant baptism. Oh, man, good grief. I mean, are you sure they, like, know the gospel there? Or, uh, you know, formal service, you know? Oh, he wears a robe, you know? You see, you know, wrong Christian. And, and we categorize these people. Or you could say, oh, they rebaptize at that church? They don't get the gospel. You know, they, they really, do they really know? You know, they really know the word? Uh, or, you know, they do contemporary worship or their worship team's too loud or it's too soft or, you know, whatever it is. But, and I've been guilty of this. I mean, I'll classify, you know, myself. Or even Bella's like, hey, we're the right, we do it the right way. We're doing it the right way. And everybody else, wrong way. And it, it leads to uh, division. And, and we really need to work on you know, being reconciled to one another. I heard this joke. Y'all may not even think it's funny. I'm not a good joke teller, but I'm going to tell this one, okay? This guy, uh, you're going to see, this guy, I, no, I read this joke. Uh, well, I read it in a book, but it was quoted from uh, GQ magazine. GQ magazine. Like, do you read GQ? No, I don't read GQ. I just look through GQ. But GQ, it was quoted as the 44th funniest joke ever. Ever. So, you know, I know I'm like just really, you know, really putting the pressure on me now. So, I, anyway, so for, anyway, here was the joke. Uh, a guy was about to jump off a bridge to take his life. And another guy is walking down the bridge and, and sees this guy. It's like, no, no, don't, don't do that. It's like, why shouldn't I? It's like, well, there's so much to live for. Uh, and the guy says, well, what is there to live for? And he says, well, aren't you, like, religious? And he's like, yeah, I'm religious. Oh, good, I am too. There, there's so much to live for. And then the guy says, well, are you, are you like, a, a Christian or a Buddhist? Uh, and the guy who's about to jump on the bridge says, well, I'm a Christian. Yes, I am too. See, there's so much to live for in Jesus Christ. There's, you've got so much to live for. And then he said, well, if you're a Christian, are you, are you Catholic or Protestant? I'm Protestant. Oh, yeah, we are tracking, brother. You know, I'm Protestant, too. We're on the same page. And then he said, well, if you're Protestant, are you, uh, are you Episcopalian or Baptist? I'm Baptist. Oh, man, I am, too. So, I mean, we're just, man, we're tight. You do not need to jump off that bridge. I'm Baptist. You're Baptist. We're good. And so then the guy who, again, was trying to lead the guy off the bridge, he says, well, well tell me this. Are you like uh, Baptist Church of God or are you Baptist Church of the Lord? He says, I'm Church of God. Oh, man, I am too. We're good. I mean, see, we're tracking. And he goes on. Are you original Baptist Church of God or are you reformed Baptist Church of God? I'm reformed Baptist Church of God. We are also, we're tracking, brother. And he's like, but are you reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1879 or reformed Baptist Church of God, Reformation of 1915? Reformation 1915. Oh, man, you're a heretic. You're gone. Pushed him off. Anyway. That was the, the joke, okay? 
But it said to me, is like, I mean, not that you push somebody off the bridge, but we define our faith by so many of these little things. You know, some people call them denominations. Others would say, you know, well, you know, just these different ways of being the right Christian, wrong Christian. And it's very important to me because, especially over the past weekend, um, and maybe not everybody knows, like, what went down that we were involved with, but, man, I didn't know how many friends Bellwether had, you know, from other, other churches, uh, other cities, uh, other nations um, that I got, you know, inquiries and, and checking in on. And so we need to really pray for other churches uh, in this city uh, that we would all thrive. Because uh, when you preach the Bible and you preach Jesus, you want all churches to thrive. However, God gives specific calls to specific churches. There are a lot of different people, therefore we need a lot of different churches. But I do believe God gives specific calls uh, to specific churches. So for us, you know, I believe we have a specific call uh, for mission, uh, mission in the city, mission to the world. Uh, you've, told me, you've heard me talk about wanting to be a 50-50 church. That for, for every check of $2 that someone writes, and I know you're going to write a check more than $2, but for every check, you know, $1 is always going out, $1 staying in. We've begun that with Raise More this year. Our goal, big, audacious, was told this week, no chance. But, but anyway, it's going to be big to raise a million dollars this year. And so, you know, we're, our family's committing to, to give more, to raise more for missions in the world. Uh, I believe we have a specific call to be a family to be a church family, to grow our community, to feel like a family here. We have a specific call uh, to have powerful worship, to teach the Bible. And, you know, God's going to work through that. My wife and I were talking this week. Not that we don't talk much. We always talk, but we were talking. And we were like, you know, we, we've got about 300 members, uh, give or take here. You know, if you, you can count all the kids. And, you know, she was like, what if the Lord ever said, you know, you know that's, that's what I'm going to give you. You know, that's what I'm going to give you, and I want you to always be sending people out. And we were like, man, we just pour our life into this. I mean, we always want to grow, and, and we are growing. But, you know, so often churches get competitive. Uh, so, I mean, so often. Uh, so often, you know, it's, we're, we forget we're all, all playing on the home team, and churches get territorial. We need to pray for all the churches in this city, in this metro area, and just know, I mean, God's going to grow us how he wants to grow us. So we should be reconciled. Uh, with other believers in other churches. Now, now also, we need to be reconciled, second group, of just others. And when I say others, like someone who's different, uh, someone who you would consider uh, the other, the other person. Let's, let me go back to God's Word. I kind of got caught up in the stories there, so we can't forget the Word of God. You know, as we sang about, and Chris led us in, you know, verse 17... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We need to see that with other Christian believers, even if they worship differently. We need to see that with people who are just playing out like different than us. Uh, They are a new person. Paul goes on, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. I love that. Christ was reconciling the world. That is like heavy stuff. It's like, what does that mean? That, it means God loved all the world. God was making things right with the world and himself. So now, even people that are different in the world, uh, racially, socioeconomically, culturally, different language, 
uh, we can be reconciled to based on uh, our belief in Jesus. So there shouldn't be, if you're Christian, there shouldn't be an other type. Okay? Our faith should be the center and should be the foundation of all relationships and gives us the freedom to have relationships with people that we would normally just not even, not even talk to, not even, not even walk with. I'll give you a couple examples of this. One, uh, this new small group, B group, that we've started uh, meeting on Sunday nights. Last uh, Sunday night, and I hope everybody comes back. We'll see tonight. But, you know, everybody's gathered around. It's like such a diverse group. And I said, man, this is what I really want. What I mean was you had um, young and wise, first off. I mean, young and wise in age. You also had young and wise at Bellwether. So you had some folks who'd been there like, or been here like six years, and other folks who'd been here, you know, like a month. Uh, or two months. Uh, you had uh, some who were not married yet. You had married families. Uh, you had some who, um, you know, were, had different likes, different interests. I mean, it was not just, you know, it's easy to get into a clique. I mean, it's easy for a, what I call a B-group, small group of a church to kind of morph into a supper club. And, you know, you just hang with folks you like. But, man, what we want is to cultivate groups of, of different people to, to share one another's uh, stories. Uh, you know, I, I saw this, kind of another example that ties into a group. I teach this class, and the class, uh, it changed drastically this past semester where you had like 18 new uh, guys come into the class, all seniors, and before the semester, there were five girls and one guy. So small class, all of a sudden... Now, it's gone from 6 to, my math's not good, like 22, 23. You know, all like, you know, red-blooded senior guys, you know, just coming in. Uh, a lot of jocks. I mean, that's fun. I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to get these folks to kind of open up and share? And how am I going to get them to really start building relationships with one another? So I did this exercise where one day I had the whole class sit around in a circle. And I asked them, I said, you know, what are your biggest regrets? And I shared mine. I'm not going to share them with y'all. Not today. That's another Sunday. But so I shared mine, and I was really open, like really open, more open that kind of want to get with you. I'm, I'm open with y'all, but not today. So then we started going around, and man, the things that they shared, like, you know, one guy, you know, senior, you know, jock, you know, everybody. And he said, uh, man, I just kind of shut it down from fifth to eighth grade because I'd been picked on, um, you know, up till then. And I just, just closed off. Yeah, that's, that took, and he, 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 his voice started shaking, and you could tell he's getting uh, emotional. You know, one dude said, man, I mean, I really, really got, like, obliterated uh, in Oxford, you know, a few weeks ago, just destroyed a relationship. And, I mean, they were sharing from their hearts. And after, I mean, that, that day just transformed that class because there were people in the circle who would not hang out with one another, and because they shared you know, their heart, they're like, oh, man, I could, I could hang with that guy. I've never heard him say that. And that there is this common denominator between us, and then Christ takes that common denominator and just, you know, just raises it up when we believe in him. And, and it's, I think it's the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the story about this, and this is in my life, okay, a, a different uh, guy person. Uh, so I married my wife. Um, you know, I... I did say this, uh, I said it to staff, I said I was going to say this. You know, my wife is, um, I love my wife, and 
she is, uh, her mom is Vietnamese. Uh, so she is uh, half uh, Asian, right? She's smiling. I always just say she's half. She's not full. Because like, I, I never had an Asian fetish. Never did, okay? Just to be real. Just to be real, okay? But then when I started dating, we got engaged. Like, wow, I'm also multicultural, you know? I got this, uh, I mean, really, I was like, it's cool, you know? And because I, I liked her, and I mean, we, can, we could connect, and yeah, I'm hanging with somebody different, you know? She's cute. Yeah, that's all you need. And then she's like, well, why don't you hang with some of my friends? I don't know. I mean, can't we just go to a sports bar, you know? I mean, can't we do that? I literally said that. And there was one wedding where, uh, you know, I was just thrown with her friends, uh, as those weddings can be. And uh, there was one guy, his name was Victor, and he was uh, so different race. Um, where is he from? DR, Dominican Republic. I didn't know where, you know, different race. And, you know, I, I was trying to, you know, be nice and hang with her friends, you know. And, you know, I get up there with him, and he is, uh, uh, and, and you may say, as I say this, speak for yourself. But he was kind of, uh, he's one of those, uh, he, he was just a spitter, okay. It's like when he talked a lot, it was almost like, you know, you were getting a workout. Um, because he was like, you know, he was really like, you know, and he's loud, and I was like, okay, you know, talking to him. But then I found out he, he loved the New York Yankees. Uh, now, I, you know, there are two teams that I love. I'm not going to mention one, but the other one is the New York Yankees. And, man, we just started talking about, like, you know, deals they made, all this. I mean, it was this common connection. Well, fast forward a couple years, this past year, uh, we found out over Facebook his wife has died uh, of cancer. And we both wrote him a note. Uh, I say that because, I, you know, you take this, this one dude who's like, man, it's so different. I do not, <laughs> do not want to be standing here. And there can be these, these commonalities of life, but then there are also the deep longs of the heart, the deep loves of the heart that we share. And, uh, you know, we reached out to him, and he's a human being. And, you know, he's a child of God. He was a Christian. And so we see people as very different. I mean, God sees them as his... Wanting to be, you know, full, fully children of, of his when they receive Christ. And so I, I challenge all of us that you may see somewhere like, man, I would never hang out. You know, go deeper in the power of Christ uh, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, then last thing I would share is, uh, so conflicts with other Christians, conflict with people that are very different than you. Uh, last, we need to be reconciled. Uh, with people here, as in like maybe in this room or in the Bellwether family, uh, reconciled in conflict here. Because uh, see, we, um, we've had conflict in this church. I mean, all churches have varying degrees of conflict in various, varying seasons. Uh, families uh, in conflict uh, with one another. I mean, I've sat in, you know, trying to be the, the conflict resolution guy, you know, and it is tough. You know, people just do not want to swallow their pride. Uh, people just don't want to say, I'm sorry. People just don't want to give an inch. I cannot. I don't know. Maybe I'll understand it more as I get older. I hope I do. I, I pray I do. But there's conflict here. And Paul is, is spelling this out because there was big-time conflict uh, in the church at Corinth. I mean, he goes on. He says, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors. If you have Christ, if you're Christian. He said, God makes his appeal through us. 
Think about that. God, God appeals for His cause, for His sake, through our lives to have healing, to be reconciled. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Because I think before you are reconciled with one another, you have to be reconciled with God. That means you have to be a Christian. You have to be made right. I mean, your heart, the Holy Spirit has to melt your heart before you can do the work of melting other hearts or being used by God to melt other hearts. But we've had conflict here, and we will have conflict again. So, I mean, you know, you're like, what do you, what do, you do? I mean, people have asked me, what do I do? You know, we have a broken relationship. What do we do? A few things, steps. You ever thought about writing a note to that person? I mean, like a kind note? And, and they may burn it. Right, but have you ever just, just write a kind note? A second, and I've already hit on this, but again, I, I can't say enough. Pray for that person. Pray for healing. I mean, prayer is real. That's why we do month of prayer. Prayer is not just for personal requests. Prayer is for healing of the world. An anonymous act of kindness. Because if you did a kind act, they probably wouldn't receive it from you. What if it was anonymous? Could you do those things? You can. You can. Uh, we can, not on our own uh, power or strength, but in Jesus. And it says it uh, the last verse, which I love, one of my favorite verses. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That may be a little too heavy for you. Let me spell it out. For our sake, for you, for me, for our sake, his son, who was perfect, knew no sin. He became sin in and of itself, so that in him and in him alone, we might become, become, so it's a process, become the righteousness of God. The right li- righteousness literally means the right living, the right way to live of God. And so when you see that, man, there's no difference in sin, this person I've got extreme conflict with, you know, God looks uh, at them as a son and daughter, and, you know, man, I need Jesus. I'm, I'm not standing up here all holy and perfect, or we're not out in the world all holy and perfect. I need Jesus just as much as blankety-blank him or her need Jesus. It begins to humble you. It begins to soften your heart towards people. Now, you can't control another person, but you can control yourself. You can pray for them. You can pray to God, say, God, help me grow closer to you, because as you grow closer with God, he, he will melt your heart. He'll change your heart. As we sang, what was old will be made new. So those we're in conflict with, it is possible. It's possible in Jesus. It's possible you see what Jesus has done for you, for you. And you see the beauty of Jesus, how much he loves you. It changes everything. It changes how you live. You know, last thing I would say, um, last thing I would say is, you know, sometimes you think that, well, you know, the, the Christians in the Bible, you know, I mean, I've got conflict, but, you know, they didn't. I mean, they were great. Peter, Paul, James, John, you know, all these heroes of the faith. Um, not right, man. They had major, major conflict. they there's a great passage. Uh, you can look it up. It's Acts 15. I'm not going not to put it up on the screen. Um, but Acts 15, uh, starting with verse 16, it talks about Paul and a, 
a split, a big conflict uh, with Mark. Mark who wrote the, uh, the gospel of Mark, John Mark. And because he didn't do something, Paul did not want him uh, to go with he and Barnabas. He's like, man, he does not need to go. Why are we taking him? And Barnabas like, no, I want him to go. And there was this deep division and conflict. So Paul went one way, and then Barnabas and Mark went another way. And, you know, the relationship was severed. But then, later on, 2 Timothy uh, 4.11, you write it down, 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul says, this is one of his last writings, possibly his last uh, words that he wrote. He says, uh, bring John Mark with you to me because he is very helpful to me in ministry. I love that because somewhere along the line, there was reconciliation between two Christian brothers. There had been division. God brought them together. That, that brief story gives me such hope uh, for people I've been in conflict with, for people who are in conflict, Christian brothers and sisters, that God is so much bigger than us. The Holy Spirit works in such a great way for us, and He'll lead us to reconciliation. But we've got to desire it. We've got to pray to desire it. So we're going to close today. I want to do, uh, I'd like you to pray for three things. I'd like you to pray for yourself that you have a heart for reconciliation. Uh, maybe it's other Christians around town. Maybe it's someone who's just totally different. Like, I would never sit with him at church or her. That You might sit with him. Uh, and then pray for someone. So one, pray for yourself. Two, pray for someone uh, that you're in conflict with. And I would bet everybody here is in conflict with somebody. There's some type of brokenness in a relationship. Pray for that person. If you can't pray, say, God, help me pray for that person. Very simple. And then third, pray for this city. You know, there's, there's such conflict right now uh, in this city. I mean, we lived it out this weekend, you know, the artwork, you know, in our church. And need to pray for that, uh, that person. Uh, need to pray for people with hurts and anger uh, in, our, in their hearts. And, you know, one thing, one good that will come out of this weekend, much good came out of it, but, you know, we're in talks about doing a citywide prayer uh, vigil or prayer service. Um, in the coming weeks. So you'll hear more about that. But pray, let's begin as a church, really praying for this city. I mean, like, really pray for this city. So let's close. Pray for yourself that God would melt your heart. Pray for the one that you're in conflict with. Pray for this city that desperately needs the prayers of this church and the church. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for the power of uh, your gospel, uh, your word that teaches us reconciliation, that teaches us to pray for reconciliation. So we do that today. Uh, I pray uh, for my heart and the hearts here uh, that we would desire to be uh, reconcilers, that we would desire to be your ambassadors, uh, that we would know you make your appeal through us. And then we would really try to live that out with, with other Christians who may worship or, um, or study or serve in a different way, that we would say we're brothers and sisters of Christ. Uh, for people that, in our mind, we would say, I'd never hang out with them, that, that maybe in our mind we've even... We even begun building prejudice towards whether they you know, different class, uh, different zip code, different race. Help us to be reconciled with them, and, I, and help us to pray for this city to to believe that you're not done with this city. That even amidst a great conflict here, uh, that you're going to do a great work, and you're doing a great work, and through churches, through all churches, that Bellwether's honored to be part of. Thank you for the work that you've done here. Thank you that uh, you have just begun. Thank you that uh, your Holy Spirit is alive, active, 
And um, let us feel you and hear you right now as we come to take Holy Communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.